Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> we are here today to talk about Microsoft stuff on this podcast. So, uh, I am your co-host, Corey Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Bacchus. Yeah, and uh, we are here to bring you news about all kinds of Windows and Xbox stuff again. Yeah, uh, we had, for the first time in, like, what was it, probably three years or since Donna Sakar left the Insider program, we have a new Buck Bash to talk about. Yeah, so we'll get into some details about that. We also have to talk about the uh, build, which will kind of dovetails into Buck Bash. Uh, we have some hopes and beliefs that, you know, we'll start seeing some more builds come out uh, right before the developer conference, and we'll kind of talk about, just based on the session list, what we can expect from it. And then if you're tired of hearing about Windows and, and stuff like that, we have Xbox news. Uh, Microsoft is celebrating 20 years of Xbox, and we have some information for you on how you could celebrate 20 years of Xbox. Yeah, our beloved Xbox is no longer a teenager. It's time to go out and get a job. Uh, <laughs> we also have some information about... Uh, we have tons of information actually coming out from the Epic game uh, lawsuit against Apple. So we'll kind of cover some of that. And uh, we're where we see Microsoft and gaming because of some of these like background deals. And then um, since you guys like Fast Recap, this is our third week doing it now. There are some things that we want to mention that we cannot spend 15 minutes going on about, even though you probably want us to. But there are some topics that we'll speed through really quickly, such as some new Teams meeting experiences, um, some more ways to gain gift cards with Microsoft Rewards on Xbox, um, a new way to get an Xbox One Series X or S if you haven't been able to get one. Yeah, and then we have uh, our like favorite section, which is the week ahead, which is basically the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, why don't you take it away this week? Yeah, we have Microsoft Solitaire celebrating its 31 years of being around. Uh, so on Windows 10, or I mean on Windows in general. So again, we have another thing that's growing, coming of age. Uh, we also are going to talk about uh, uh, Solitaire on iOS and Android as well. Um, then we have some stuff that I am kind of fond about, which is Microsoft and the Jedi contract. You know, I've been following that uh, for since its inception, uh, through what we thought was going to be inclusion, but it was basically a part two. Uh, so we'll talk about all the details on that, um, and I'm assuming we'll have more information on that. Then we have Microsoft Teams, uh, letting people create group chats uh, with external users, uh, so you can kind of bridge the gap between you know, having a Teams account and talking and communicating and collaborating with someone who doesn't. And with that said, let's get back to Windows 10, which is what everyone here cares about, and the return of the Windows Insider Bug Bash. I think I'm, I'm not one that likes to keep track of these things because I have very bad memory. I make mistakes on this podcast every week. But anyway, um, the Windows Insider Bug Bash is back, and it's the first time in a while that we'd actually had one. And this, for completing a various quests in the Feedback Hub in Windows 10, it doesn't matter what... Um, branch or channel you're on, it should work on anyone. Just open the feedback hub and click the link that Microsoft has, and it'll take you to a quest, a series of quests. Right now, there are about 17 or 18 of them, and you can click through them. And when you complete all, you'll get a fancy, shiny new badge, which is appropriately themed towards spring. I believe it's like a butterfly or something. And if you complete, roll through all of the quests, you get the special badge, and you can add it to your Windows Insider profile. And right 
now some of the things you could check out as part of the bug bash is caption settings, the magnifier, um, storage disk management, make your text bigger, free up disk space. And like I said, there are a total of 18 different quests that you can complete and there will be new ones added daily. This was originally meant to run through May 17th, but I think I saw a tweet from the Insider team saying that they extended it through May 19th. So if you're a Windows Insider, get going. You want to get this fancy new badge and show your pride of downloading these builds every week. Because before that, hey, it's been like two years now and there, there's no way to show that you're a proud Windows Insider who f sat through two years of May 2020 and May 2021 updates. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, and I know that sometimes, uh, I don't know if they're still doing it, but early on, they used to ship out swag for insiders. Right. So who knows? Maybe uh, they have an automated process to give you guys some stuff uh, after completing some certain things. Socks, stickers, I don't know. But uh, it could be. And if anything, you still just have the badge. And sometimes that stuff translates to uh, in-game stuff like an Xbox. You can get uh, insider shirts and stuff for your avatar. So it could be a fun thing to do again. But why bring back the bug bash now after it's been missing for like one a year or two years? And there's not really many bugs in Windows 10 itself as it is. So why, why, why are we bringing back the bug bash in the middle of a release cycle? Is it preparing for Sun Valley or is it preparing for bringing back the insider program full force where we get brand new features to play with every week? Uh, I think it's the former. I think they're priming the pump for uh, some Windows 10 Sun Valley stuff. Uh, like you said, they've been pretty solid on the enterprise stuff as far as uh, squashing some driver support stuff, some uh, some uh, internal coding, things like that. Um, basically, all we've gotten so far in the last almost year is some icon changes. So I, I feel like bringing the bug, bug bash thing is to just to get people ready um, for uh, Sun Valley bugs, which will probably come because I feel like and I was listening to, uh, I think it was Windows Weekly um, yesterday or day before, and they were talking about um, the potential of Sun Valley being more than just a coat of paint. Um, you know, we were all seeing it. It's like, oh, they're going to kind of change icons and they're going to kind of move some things around in settings. But I think they're going to be doing a little bit more than that. And obviously, the, digger, the more functionality you try and build out, the, the likelihood of breaking something happens. So... Maybe this is, you know, what we'll see. And they also predicted that we'll start seeing Sun Valley in, I think it was six weeks or so. So a little bit after build, maybe in the, whatever this Windows or what's next Windows event is, we'll start to see some of that. And obviously, uh, as insiders, we're going to be testing that before uh, it happens in the fall. So if you're used to uh, going out for quests and seeking stuff, when they start introducing these things, you'll be ready to open up the feedback hub. Because I know I haven't really opened up mine in forever. I touched mine for the first time in two and a half years just to shoot the B-roll for this segment. So, hope Microsoft <laughs> is happy. I, I believe they are. They're, they're, they should be more happy once we start getting some feedback from some actual stuff we receive. <laughs> But speaking of uh, Sun Valley, hey, we have Build 2021 coming up, I think, in uh, 10 or 15 days or so. And right now, the yeah. first sessions for Build has been released. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had our first sessions for Build. Uh, they they had a partial list, which was made uh, available for people who registered to kind of build out their schedule. And I believe this became available uh, early last week. Um, if you're registered, um, again, it's free. Go check it out. Uh, there are some ones that kind of highlight uh, that we kind of uh, 
pointed to in our post about it, which is uh, what's next for Windows desktop application development? Huge. Uh, what's new in Windows 10 uh, for all developers? Again, big stuff. And then uh, for anybody who's a Surface Duo enthusiast, uh, we know our, our, one of our former guests is, you might be interested in this, application design and development for Android dual screen and foldable devices, which means prior to, I mean, contrary to popular belief, Microsoft is still going to continue at least for another year uh, with Duo type of uh, software build. Uh, the Duo so, is not that yet, folks. Not yet. Uh, so <laughs> we can at least get a, a part two out of it. But yeah, these are um, some of the ones that we kind of think that uh, would be most interested in to kind of cross the divide between consumer and and uh, developer. Um, I believe just so everyone, you know, we're on the same page. Build is uh, May twenty fifth to twenty seventh. Um, there are currently two hundred eighty seven sessions focusing on Microsoft Teams, Azure, Power Platforms, which again a huge uh, for businesses, uh, Microsoft Edge another big one, and Windows. Um, despite what you know, we kind of said a few weeks ago about this being a relatively boring um, for consumers uh, developer build, you know, with those things as a focus, Microsoft Edge is a big one, um, and I believe it's, you know, obviously it's becoming its own platform, so, and it's a consumer product, so that's going to be, you know, sessions on that are going to be nice. Hopefully we'll have it in the keynote because, again, unless you register for this you may not get this information uh very few people report on anything after the keynote so we'll right. try to do our best to report on the sessions because hey i'm registered i can get to go see check this out now <laughs> um let's see uh, other than that um i mean that's again this is the first half of the sessions uh apparently there's gonna be much more coming out so um i think we'll probably drop some more news right around the time that google io is going on uh, right. so we might get the other half of the sessions list so keep uh you know We'll drop the link for where to register, sign up, or build out your sessions list. Just around now, which is May, June, and July, it's probably the best time to be in the tech industry because we have Build one week, we have uh, WWDC the other, and we have Google I.O. the other week. I'm, I'm not sure if in the same order. No, but, I, think it, uh, I think we have it's Google I.O. next week, um, like the first of next week, and then we have Microsoft Build in between. Then we have... Uh, WWDC, um, somewhere in between WWDC and Microsoft Build and maybe after WWDC, we'll have Microsoft's What's Next, where we're expecting to hear more about Windows. Maybe they'll dovetail some of this development for uh, stuff in the Microsoft Store with this What's Next, and we're all got our fingers crossed for Sun Valley. Uh, and then after that, we'll probably have a gaming um, conference. Uh, I know that E3 has gone digital, so we'll see what Sony and Microsoft do with their own um, uh, showcases around that same time. So like you said, by the time we get into July, we'll have had four big conferences slash entertainment um, venues. And again, this is this is all focused on software. Microsoft never really shows off physical hardware at Build, but occasionally there might be a surprise. But that that never really happened. So it's always software in the spring and then hardware in the fall, and then lots of rumors and and talk back and forth in between. Well, I mean, they've kind of, I mean, because of COVID and because of just the nature yeah, of yeah. things, we've seen them kind of tweak their schedules that you know everyone else is doing it too apple was very similar in doing uh, uh i think it was like ipads in the spring and everything else in the fall uh they've since changed that to uh they showed off their new ones in the like soup you know late fall 
Uh, we got the iPad just a few weeks ago. We're expecting to see iPad Airs. But Google is uh, expected to drop potentially um, some accessory stuff like uh, earphones, things like that. They may, you know, we're seeing leaks already of the Google Pixel 6. Uh, so they may even just drop their phone. Android 12 Beta is coming out. I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't say that what we used to know as spring, fall is now just becoming elongated product cycles. You never know when they'll drop the next phone. Like it could happen next week or it could happen the week after or it could happen like months from now. I mean, uh, to to this point, um, I think Paul brought again uh, and Mary Jo were talking about, you know, it's, you know, as fans of tech, we all love to like see new things and uh, get new products, new hardware. It's, you know, it's the easiest thing to kind of uh, communicate to people. But I think if Microsoft comes out with Sun Valley as a software thing, that's it's, that would satiate a lot of people's appetites for something new from Microsoft. If, if you were to take this new, I have a Surface Pro 4 or Surface Laptop 4 that I'm testing, you, I'm sure, you know, you have a, a HP and, and other people who just got the, the new Samsung um, Galaxy Books. If, you know, in June or July, they were able to kind of put this new operating system on this device and make that new purchase they have that much more relevant, it would make Microsoft more relevant. Right, so it doesn't yeah, have to yeah. necessarily be a Surface Duo phone right. or a new go uh, laptop to come out this spring. I think if the software is good, they can post on that for a year. Yeah, and speaking of uh, software and, and hardware, um, Microsoft is celebrating 20 years of Xbox from now until November 15th, which is the birthday of the original Xbox console, which originally launched on November 15, 2001. So if you're a big Xbox fan, I know our writer Laurent is, uh, Microsoft is planning a series of different festivities for the 20 years of Xbox throughout the year, and it wants Xbox fans to get involved in the festivities in many ways. Um, they started with a Twitch live stream at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, I think it was earlier last week. That was the first activity. And they're also encouraging fans to share their thoughts on the social media, on, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and all over. And if, you, if a tweet is not enough, uh, you could also buy Xbox gear. They have a special t- Xbox 20th anniversary official gear on the Xbox gear shop. And you could see um, some of the some of the gear. We have the B-roll up on the screen, and you could even personalize some of it with your own gamer tag. So Microsoft is going all out on Xbox at a time when not everyone might be able to buy Xbox Series X or Series S. Well, we'll address that in our fast recap. But uh, yeah, I mean it's cool. I wonder if The Rock, who was there, I believe, um, at its uh, debut, its inauguration, will have something to say. I mean, he normally has something to say whenever they come up with a new console. Uh, so it'd be cool to see, like, you know, over the past uh, I don't know, twenty years of all of the branding, all of the association, all the celebrity things that were involved in that. They come out for this. It'd be kind of cool to to see. Uh, I know uh, last console generation. PlayStation kind of, you know, took the mind share, but I mean, Xbox is just like Sony and just like Nintendo, uh, culturally relevant, uh, beyond just its, um, you know, gaming system, you know, it's, uh, it's been a brand for a long time and it's got tons of, uh, um, celebrity associations with it. So it'd be cool to like, again, see everybody come out for the 20th anniversary. 
So how did you first get into Xbox? For me personally, it was Forza because I was a PlayStation fan and I was playing Gran Turismo for all these years. And then I started noticing that they started losing big contracts for cars and tracks. And all of these awesome cars and tracks were only appearing in Forza. So I'm like, um, I think it's time to quit and to switch over to Xbox. So what got you into Xbox? Uh, I was of the Halo crowd, but just like you, I started off on PlayStation playing like, um, it wasn't Soul Calibur. It was like some fighting game, um, that I played. Uh, and then I moved on to, uh, Gran Turismo was like my, my favorite game. And like you, I started seeing that, you know, things are changing as far as the tracks and, you know, we just didn't get a Gran Turismo 3 for like, I don't know, right. seven, yeah. eight years. Yeah. Uh, and so I started moving on to first person shooters and at the time, Xbox had Halo, and you know, as I was mentioning earlier, it's culturally relevant. It wasn't just like it was the best first-person shooter game, but it was, you know, dominant as far as mind share, as far as conversations, as far as like you know, uh, when I was in college, going to a friend's dorm to play it. You know, it was between Halo and Smash Brothers, so uh, <laughs> we played a lot of Halo, and that's how you know, you know, obviously, we bought an Xbox and moved on to other things. And again, we just talked about a lot of games, but a game that is going on in the court system right now is Epic Games versus Apple. And I know you've been keeping up with this um, closely the, fa- the past couple of weeks. And is it exposing some things about Microsoft's business? Yeah, it's been exposing some things about everybody's business. Uh, one of the first things we wrote about uh, was uh, Sony's uh, reluctance to do crossplay. And, you know, we've written terrestrially about how reluctant they were. We just knew that they didn't want to do it. We all had a presumption of why. It was, you know, obviously a business decision. Um, but because of this trial, uh, we got to see that some more details about how Epic basically begged Sony to do it, offered them all kinds of exclusives, uh, you know, actual financial deals that they were going to pay to, like, help out. And Sony was very against this. And then when they finally um, kind of rescinded on that decision, it was with a ton of stipulations, uh, you know, about having... Uh, cross-play functionality, like a, a kill switch built in, and a bunch of other stuff. That's from the Sony side. Microsoft, who um, kind of pledged their allegiance to Fortnite in this battle, not to say that they don't do business with Apple, but you know they want to be on the consumer gaming side, um, they are even getting some information kind of doled out about them, which uh, the first part was about um, their requirement for developers in order to be a part of uh, X Cloud and Game Pass, um, they had to start building all of their uh, functionality into that. Um, so you couldn't just make, you know, as an indie developer, it probably takes more time and money and resources to, to add all of that stuff, but it has to be done uh, if you're going to be part of X Cloud or if you're even going to be on Game Pass. So, and I don't know when this started happening, but my, I mean, as far as the 222 page document, um, that has all these all of these details in it. That's public uh, knowledge now. Uh, Microsoft's starting to do that. So I mean, as a gamer, that seems fine for me. But as a developer, I can see where um, you run up against again resources, finances, uh, just the sheer amount of hours that go into it, uh, and why this could be an issue for you. You could probably never be part of. Uh, the xCloud, if you're that small, then you develop, but you have a great platformer or a great uh, RPG or something like that. Um, something else we found out about Microsoft, which is that um, in communications, apparently um, Sweeney and uh, Phil Spencer talked 
pretty openly, uh, almost regularly, it seems like. And that uh, Phil Spencer is of the mindset that he wants to move uh, Game Pass to other platforms. We had kind of speculated that Microsoft wanted to do this. It just seems, you know, as, as they say, if they want to be the ex, uh, the Netflix of uh, cloud the gaming, cloud yeah. streaming, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you don't have, it isn't like Netflix is locked into a single device. It's, you know, you can have Netflix basically on your refrigerator thanks to Samsung. <laughs> so uh, Microsoft, you know, is still keeping hope alive, even though Nintendo's already shot this down and we know it's a no-starter for, for Sony. But through the partnerships with a, uh, EA, Activision, some other uh, big brands who also have their own storefronts, uh, it seems like as they keep partnering, it's going to become an inevitability that if uh, if it isn't a first-party exclusive from like Sony or from Nintendo, that the likelihood of someone being able to just go with Game Pass to get all three, you know, to get uh, anything from Xbox uh, exclusive content, EA's exclusive content, or Activision exclusive content, it just makes sense to like get the Game Pass versus getting Activision, EA, uh, Blizzard slash Blizzard and uh, Game Pass. That's just too many subscriptions. So if you can just get the one, why not? And if you can start uh, pressuring your console makers, like Nintendo, to join this, you know, at some point it's just going to be like, oh, I have a Game Pass and I have access to uh, all the PlayStation games, all the Nintendo games, all of the EA games, all of the Activision games, all, you know, just again. And it may, I mean, obviously price will probably go up uh, from what it is now, but if I, you know, you pay 30 bucks a month to get access to any game you want across any console that you currently have, why not? Is there hope in the, the in the future with this whole Apple versus Epic Games saga? Is there hope that we'll have games that finally play nice with each other? I know MLB The Show finally has cross-play between PlayStation and Xbox. I played with my friend who has a PS5, and it's pretty amazing. Is there hope that because of the results of this court case that we'll finally be able to play more console games together regardless of which side of the debate? The console debate that you stand on? Um, yes and no. Um, as I mentioned in my reporting of this, uh, The Verge has been doing a really good comprehensive reporting on this. They've you know, uh, written about every document that's come out. They've you know, listened to every uh, uh, testimony that's been released, uh, as muffled as the audio may be. Uh, but I think in their estimation, what's going to end up happening really with this court case is that it's a discovery thing for Fortnite to get out to then to then pressure um, not only Apple but mostly Apple to becoming more open. Um, and I don't think it's the way that we're hoping. Where it's like, oh, I can just have a console and I can just play any game I want on it. It's more along the lines of um, breaking the barriers down for developers to be able right. to kind of have different licensing deals in place so that they can put their games on different platforms and not have to worry about, you know, uh, getting a truckload of money from PlayStation and then waiting to kind of see the audience in Xbox. So to be like, hey, uh, because I'm able to push my game out to all platforms via the cloud, um, I can make all that money up front. So I think, again, what's going to end up happening is Apple's probably going to win this battle. Uh, Fortnite will eventually come back to iOS and you know, we'll all kind of laugh at this <laughs> year and a half of craziness. But in the end, what will end up happening is we'll start seeing smaller court cases come up um, that use this case as a precedent on how they approach the App Store, how they approach cross-play, how they approach uh, in-app purchasing uh, or 
uh, commingling of properties or licenses across different platforms. Well said. Uh, you have a way of predicting these sort of things, I think. I just talk a lot, and at some point, something's got to come true. <laughs> <laughs> and that said, let's move on to our fast recap. I'm putting... All right. I'll give us... Eight minutes this week. We had eight nine minutes. last week, so we're doing eight this week on the clock. We and we're starting first with something that um, Rabia, who's our expert in Teams, will be happy about, is that Microsoft Teams is getting a new in-meetings share, share experience that could make it easier for presenters to share content from their devices. If the software giant initially released their revised sharing experience to the public, pre it was already in public preview. They now have started rolling out the feature to all desktop users. So Microsoft is making it easier for you to share your screen with your coworkers. That is now rolling out in Microsoft Teams. And what I'm happy about is more ways to earn money with Microsoft Rewards on Xbox. Um, for the month of May, you now could earn... A up to 10,000 Microsoft Rewards points for your Xbox Gamer Score. So if you're playing a very difficult game and you finally got that 100 Gamer Score, what do you know? That 100 Gamer Score is now 100 Microsoft Rewards. And you could keep building up your Gamer Score throughout the month of May and eventually cash them in for um, gift cards and even Xbox gift cards and even pay for your X Xbox Game Pass subscription. So Microsoft is stepping it up here and giving you more ways to earn money for just playing your Xbox. Yeah, um, I've always been a fan of rewards. Uh, not to skip over the Teams part, because I know Robbie's probably pulling her hair like, guys, give Teams <laughs> some, some attention. Um, but I'm gonna I'll circle back to that. Uh, as far as Microsoft Rewards, I've used it to uh, you know recycle my Starbucks gift card. You know, my wife loves Starbucks, and we really haven't paid for Starbucks in forever because I do all my searches on Bing. So uh, we just constantly dump 15, 20 bucks from all the searches into that card. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm trying to get into the sweepstakes uh, to get you know consoles, to get devices. Haven't won yet, but I'm gonna keep trying. I've also, but I've actually physically gotten like clothing. I've gotten water bottles, things like that, all through Microsoft Rewards. So to get dumped 10,000 or yeah, 10,000 Microsoft points with this uh, new rewards program is something I'm looking forward to. Again, this might help my new purchase with an Xbox, uh, which leads me to the next story. Again, I'll come back to Teams. Trust, trust me. <laughs> um, but the, the, one of the things that Microsoft is doing is testing a pilot program uh, where you can purchase an Xbox uh, Series X or S through your console or the Xbox uh Xbox app, I believe it is. Um, I signed up for it. Um, there are a ton of hoops you got to jump through, a bunch of stipulations, but the end all be all is that uh, anybody who has currently an Xbox One console, either a One S or an Xbox One, um, you can go to the Xbox app, um, sign up for this pilot program. Uh, basically, you become an insider. Yep. And since there's been such a shortage of consoles, what they do is they prioritize those people. It doesn't mean that you'll get one. But if, if and when some become available and you've signed up for this, uh, you'll basically be entered in a chance to uh, buy your console through that. So you don't have to go through um, scalpers. You don't have to go through uh, retailers if, again, if your issue is uh, surcharges or just, you know, you don't want to go out in public right now. You don't want to risk COVID or anything like that. Uh, you can basically purchase your Xbox Series X or S through your console. So again, sign up on the Xbox app and then they'll walk you through the steps on, on your device on when to register. And once you, uh, again, get accepted in this program, they'll give you some more steps on letting you know if and when your uh, console is available and if you're up for it. So again, 
those of us who are still waiting, like myself, to get an Xbox Series uh, X, this is a great opportunity. I just wish this program came with the leasing purchase. Again, I'd love to just be able to like, here, here's 30 bucks and give me my device. But for this particular program, it's uh, upfront fee. So you will pay the entire uh, entirety of the purchase uh, if and when you're uh, selected. Now go back, back to Teams. Go back to Teams. Go back to Teams. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sharing experience is huge. Again, this is one of those things that um, at the beginning of COVID would have maybe snuffed out uh, Zoom altogether if this had been a feature because uh, what ends up stopping a lot of people with very entry is not having a Microsoft account or not wanting to pay for uh, Microsoft 365 but still wanting to collaborate and so people find other solutions. Uh, with this new uh, in-meeting sharing experience, uh, people essentially be able to um, uh, get a lot of these features and still be able to share these features with people outside of the program. Mainly, um, and this is uh, noted by Microsoft 365 consultant, uh, Lauren Stiller on Twitter, users will now see a new file when sharing their screen, uh, Windows, whiteboard content, or PowerPoint slides during Teams meetings. Uh, again, this just gives you more uh, robust functionality. The new user interface aims to deliver a clutter-free experience to help presenters find and share the right content in their meetings. Uh, they've, reached, they've streamlined the experience to make it easier to find out what you're looking for and for hopefully less overwhelming cluttering the company, uh, the company as she says. Um, again, this is presentation-worthy kind of stuff, and it's just making Microsoft Teams uh, less kludgy, so to speak. I, I know we've all kind of experienced uh, what we think is bloat as far as coming, uh, as far as features are coming to this uh, platform, but uh, now again, you should be able to, you know, like we host here, um, start being able to share our screens if we need to in the middle of a meeting, uh, running video, uh, going to a PowerPoint, uh, again, all these things that other platforms had early on in the pandemic. Yep. It made in the reason why the people chose other selections. Teams always had it, but it was very clunky and you needed to go through a million different menus to, ch to try and share your screen and to get content out to the other side of the meeting. And now these changes make it easier and it's much cleaner. Well, that's what I meant by like Zoom had this kind of stuff yeah. and they had it pretty easy. Uh, and so, like you said, it was very clunky. Now people who use Zoom or use other platforms can come back to Teams saying like, oh, this works very this similarly is, yep. to what I'm used to. The likelihood of them sticking to the platform should be up. should be great. And that said, I think we covered all of our main topics and we finished Fast Recap before the eight minutes, which is a new record for us. So next week, we're only going to do Fast Recap in like four or five minutes. Oh, well, you really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but now it's time for the week I ahead. Think, I think what we should promise people is if we don't finish within the time, we just wipe the entire segment. They get no yeah. information. Everyone's punished. <laughs> uh, good, good plan. <laughs> but now it's time for the week ahead and for the week ahead Microsoft is celebrating 31 years of solitaire yeah um, I think in those 31 years of solitaire I played 7 total minutes I'm not a huge solitaire yeah me, me either I, I don't understand the game but my dad is a big fan of the game and he that is like legit the only thing he plays on his computer so <laughs> the, solitaire goes back that far yeah, it's, it's super old, and again, we're celebrating a birthday. Um, it's said, listen here, that it's on, obviously, it, basically, they put it on every platform. It's, yep. it's probably more ubiquitous than uh, Outlook or Word or any of the other things. People love to play solitaire. Like you said, people love to play solitaire. And Microsoft Solitaire is you know, as infamous as Painted. So uh, for people who, uh, like your dad or something, they have an Android phone or an iOS phone, 
you might just want to say like, where is my Windows solitaire? And now we can obviously <laughs> play it on those platforms. Yeah, as part of the celebration, you will get a special anniversary theme. That is one of the ways that Microsoft is celebrating 31 years of Solitaire. But now, enough about Solitaire. Let's go into serious business, which is Amazon's and Microsoft deal over this Jedi contract. Well, back to just one second. You would think with 31 years of Solitaire, we'd have more to say about it, but it's just Solitaire people with new themes. <laughs> it's just enjoy. a game. It's just a game. Yeah. What uh, isn't a game? Is Microsoft about to lose, uh, potentially lose $10 billion, uh, the multi, multi-year $10 billion contract for Jedi. And it isn't uh, through any action of their own. It's obviously uh, through the litigation that Amazon's proposing. Uh, is a fast, I mean, I, gotta, I, should, I should put a timer on this, a fast recap of the Jedi thing, because it's been up and down <laughs> and nonstop drama. But basically, um, at Microsoft, I believe, at the end of 2019, won the contract. Um yeah, about August, September, maybe but October-ish, won the contract. Uh, and this is after having a bit, having an open bid, at least a public bid that we knew about, for about two years uh, between uh, themselves, Oracle, uh, I believe IBM was tossed in there somewhere, uh, and uh, AWS. Uh, these are all kind of the big ones. Early on, Oracle kind of uh, brought up complaints that, and they kind of filed a, a, a actual complaint about Amazon's uh relationship to the bid itself. They had an employee, Amazon had an employee who well, they worked over at the DOD. Um, he, was, he or she was part of the uh, building of the contract itself and eventually went back to Amazon. So it seems like, you know, in all the regards and all of the stipulations, then Amazon might have had an inside track because they essentially built it to uh, um, better suit AWS. At least that was the claim. That was tossed out with no merit. Um, and eventually Oracle dropped out, which left it just to Microsoft and Amazon. Um, they went on for another year to bid against each other. Um, eventually, the Trump administration stepped in to uh, review the contract. Uh, I don't know why they did this. Uh, there hasn't been any information about it, but <laughs> Amazon's hoping to obviously have that come up in Discovery. Uh, I believe it was Mark Esper, was Mike Esper, Mike, one of the Espers, <laughs> uh, which was part of the uh, Trump administration, was told to step in and kind of review it, which then obviously led to uh, our litigation now where Amazon's claiming that because Trump and the administration stepped in, the bid was unduly given to Microsoft. Um, they had an injection put in place and judges were able to review uh, Amazon's complaints, which were you know amongst Trump stepping in was that Microsoft's uh, solution cost too much and was inferior to theirs. Uh, again, these are their claims. The judge said that, uh, you know, that they would allow it. The DOD conducted a preliminary review of, of those complaints and said that, there again, there was no merit. Amazon threw in another injunction. So here we are back now we're in 2021, uh, a year and a half since it's actually been awarded. And the DOD has not moved forward. Microsoft hasn't moved forward. Amazon hasn't gotten anything out of it. And now DOD officials are saying, if this keeps going, they're just going to do away with it. They may rebuild the bid in a different format and have other people, you know, other contractors start all over, basically. Or they might just do what they've done before, which is outsource it to a bunch of different vendors versus this one one winner-take-all kind of situation, which has led to where we're at today. 
Uh, either way, Microsoft would lose out on this. Uh, I don't know if they get anything as part of their contract as far as uh, it being dissolved or not, because they haven't actually done any work on it. Uh, but they have, you know, we've talked about and written about um, their work with the uh, U.S. Army in their new contract, which could get could net them up to $21.5 billion, uh, for building HoloLens headsets. They've already begun working on that, and, you know, we've got some positive news there, and they kind of tap that always. Uh, Microsoft says, you know, Regardless of the decision, they you know love to work with the DoD. Uh, when reached for comment, Amazon had nothing to say about this new turn of events. But this is on our radar. Uh, this is what you know we'll be reporting the weeks ahead because uh, again, this could be big news that through Amazon's litigation, nobody gets a contract and it gets broken <laughs> up. In, it gets broken up into a bunch of different subcontractors, uh, which could include again, it still could include Microsoft and Amazon, just to a lesser extent, probably for a lesser dollar amount and less uh, involvement. That would be ten billion dollars less for Windows Phone and Windows 10X and Zoom. <laughs> yes, all that money Microsoft is going to bank and, and bring back all these dead products. I'm sure the kid was in there somewhere. Well, something that's not dead is Microsoft Teams, and we talked about the new meeting sharing experience, but there is more features coming to Teams. Uh, Microsoft will soon let you create group chats with external users this month. It is a feature that was spotted on the Microsoft 365 roadmap, and that is something that you want to keep an eye on if you're like, if you have an organization and you're trying to chat with multiple people who don't necessarily have Teams and who are working outside of of your org is something that we do here a lot at, on Microsoft with our podcast. So it's something that will be very useful heading into the future for a lot of different people. Yeah, this again, this kind of is all enveloped in what I mentioned earlier about accessibility and making uh, teams uh, that much more accessible than it was last year and to its competitors. If you're able to kind of again reach out to people outside of your uh, your own organization or network to host a quick meeting. Uh, the likelihood of them downloading the software, getting it on their computer, and being able to kind of intuitively use it again goes up yes, that much higher. Yep. And that value. said, that said, that is our last topic, and we covered everything we wanted to in a short amount of time, which is usually our goal. Unless you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I mean we have the typical review stuff uh, coming up. Uh, tons of hardware to talk about, for at least on my end. Um, I should be done with my Surface laptop review by then. I've done all of the uh, benchmarking, so now I'm just going to talk about my real world experiences. You have to put all the knowledge up here, use it the actual device to, <laughs> to write it up. How are you liking your laptop for, by the way? It's pretty amazing. Um, again, uh, I think it's credit due to two things. Intel, which I don't think is getting enough credit as you know, everyone kind of gushes over the M1. Uh, this Tiger Lake chip, uh, 11th gen, has been really amazing. It's been like that across the board for most devices I have. Uh, and the um, cooling system, the new piping system that they built into this, uh, has kept this device relatively cool, super quiet. Uh, the batteries, you know, lasting, you know, I'd say 11 hours or so routinely for me, which is, you know, more than I could have expected for a laptop, uh, especially after laptop three, which was like I think seven and a half hours I was getting at close to that. So Intel and Microsoft's uh, cooling system have been great. Uh, I've pitted against other uh, level gens, and you know they both they all both deliver they all deliver power. It's just the the fan noise uh, has been crazy on all the devices, which I haven't gotten here. And that said, uh, that is everything we wanted to say. And you could follow us on Twitter. I am at ABACJourn, and you are? 
Minehead1 on Twitter. And again, like you said, if you don't want to follow us, you can just follow our uh, actual website, which is uh, on Microsoft on Twitter. Yeah, that's where you get all of your uh, giveaways, your raffles, your hardware reviews, uh, your editorials, you know, breaking news. Just follow that. Uh, so again, if you don't want to necessarily go to the website itself, but uh, there's tons of information there on Twitter. Yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. See you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah, uh, we're close to being out and about and hanging out with each other, so I'm expecting to see some New York events where I can visit you and go see a service. <laughs> I'm coming on the next flight to Florida once this is all Don't over. Don't do it. There's nothing in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Take care. Bye.